Dr. Carol Clark is the Chief Government and Community Relations Officer and Secretary to the Board of Trustees at Austin P. State University. She joins Charlie and Katie to talk about her 20 years at APSU, serving under four university presidents, and the incredible growth of the university over the past two decades. All in this episode of Clarksville's Conversation. Well, Katie, you know, we've we've had uh, President Lakari and others from Austin P, but finally... We've got the woman that really gets everything we, we've done. We've got the person in charge. <laughs> she does everything. Um, Carol, so Welcome. excited you're here. I'm pleased to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, so, absolutely. Now, how long have you been at Austin P? Like forever, right? 20 years. Oh, wow. So you've worked with how many presidents in 20 years? I've worked with four okay. presidents. Oh, wow. You know, 20 years at Austin P, and I was almost there that long for my undergraduate degree. Uh, <laughs> so we're, we're almost at the Charlie, are you, are you saying you messed up our graduation rates? No, that was, hey, before, no, that was way did. before y'all kept up with it, I'm sure. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he did, though. He did. If y'all were keeping up when Charlie was there, he messed it up. I've heard some stories. I love Austin P. Yeah. How about that? I learned that while I was there. Well, welcome. Welcome to our show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. So did you grow up in Clarksville? I did not. I actually grew up in Tennessee in a small town close to Dale Hollow Lake. Okay. And we first came to Clarksville in the late 70s when my husband was stationed here with the Air Force. Okay. We spent nine years in Clarksville. During that assignment, uh, he was stationed at Fort Campbell Army Airfield with a detachment out of Dover, Delaware. And we fell in love with the community during Mm -hmm. that time here. You know, it's funny. People don't think much about the Air Force and Fort Campbell until you say it out loud. And, you know, Jeff Truitt Mm -hmm. got here the same way. Right. Through the Air Force. So it's kind of neat that those detachments are, are located here. Right. Yes. And we were here nine years And then we received an assignment to Germany, which was a great experience for us and for our family. But I think, well, I know when the moving van pulled out with our stuff loaded on it, I always knew we would come back to Clarksville. Really? Yeah, just a feeling you had because you loved it. Well, it felt like home. Um, Fort Campbell was here. The university was here. Um, We loved the people. Uh, We liked the vitality of the area and the proximity to Nashville. And so seven years later, when he retired, we came back and we've been in Clarksville since then. And so you came back seven years later and you started Austin P in 2001. You're impressed I could do the math, aren't well, you? I am really. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I started at Austin P first in the Tennessee Small Business Development Center. Okay. And was there for about two and a half years before I moved to the president's office. And Charlie, I think I met you first in the TSBDC. We worked with small businesses and, and existing small yeah. businesses were very good in in helping us with some of the things that we were doing for individuals who were interested in starting or growing their business. Yes, ma'am. Is that back when you had the music store? Uh-huh. Is that when y'all first met? Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. that's It's pretty interesting how someone's career, like you, you start over there like that, and then to end up where you are doing, uh, what's your title now? My title now is Chief Community and Government Relations Officer and Secretary to the Board. Yep. Primarily in the government relations role, I work with the Tennessee General Assembly yeah. and um, look at legislation that's introduced that has an impact on higher ed. 
and look at the, you know, talk with the legislators about the intent of the legislation, sometimes the unintended consequences, and share with them the perspective from campus, and then make sure that when legislation is passed that we are following that on our campus. See, I knew that that happened out there. I just, until this, I was today years old when I realized that was you. Yeah. So that I, really, because that, that is just such an interesting role yeah. to be able to talk about, you know, the legislative impact on higher education. So I really had no idea till today. So I'm even more impressed with you. <laughs> so. Well, and it's interesting how that came to be because until... 2016, mm-hmm. um, Austin P and the other universities in Tennessee, the other public universities other than the UT schools, were part of the Tennessee Board of Regents. And the legislature passed the FOCUS Act, which created a separate university board for each of the six universities, referred to now as LGIs or locally governed institutions. Yeah. Okay. And with that, each university was responsible for having a liaison or a government relations person designated to um, interact with the General Assembly. And that was just a few years ago, wasn't it? 2016. 2016, okay. Can you you tell a big difference in that, on your day-to-day job in that structure? The, in my day-to-day job, it's very different because I did not have government relations role okay. prior to that. But I think the bigger impact is really on the university. Yeah. And it's been a very positive move yeah. for Austin P because while there were a lot of really good things that could happen as part of a university system, we were one of six universities and all the community colleges and all the technical colleges, the Tennessee Colleges of Applied Technology, with a very large board. And so that was a lot to uh, manage. It was a lot for the regents to understand the uniqueness of each campus. Mm -hmm. And so with our current structure, we have 10 trustees. Eight of those trustees are appointed by the governor and confirmed by the General Assembly. And one is a faculty trustee that is elected by the faculty. And one is a student trustee. Those 10 people from the very beginning have been so impressive in their commitment to the university and their desire to understand what the university does, how we do it, um, how we can do it better, and what they can bring to the table to support that. So every quarter we have 10 people meeting um, and talking about present and the future of the university. Mm-hmm. It's been a very, very positive thing for us. Well, and I would think that having a different structure like that, because it, you touched on it, but when everybody's all encompassed under the same rules, you know, there might be something that Austin Peay's doing different than Middle Tennessee or wherever. And so you're able to take your uniqueness and your strengths and grow in them, not just be held accountable to the same standards as everybody else. That's very true. And I think mm-hmm. that was one of the compelling reasons that um, Governor Haslam encouraged this to happen, and the General Assembly passed it. You know, we are very different from ETSU. They have a medical school there. Um, The student makeup is very different. We are very unique from any other school in the state, public or private, in our number of military-affiliated students who attend because of our proximity to Fort Campbell. And those students bring a real richness to our campus they also bring some um, some requirements that need to be sorted out when mm. you're dealing with funding for, through the VA or through their tuition assistance and how do we work 
with those funding sources to make sure that things are as smooth as possible for those students. Mm -hmm. I was when you said uniqueness, I was going to ask you what our uniqueness was. And I don't know why, but, you know, I never really thought about it being a lot of soldiers. But that would be something that we would have in no other colleges would. Our active duty veterans, family members are Mm -hmm. about 20 to 25 percent of our student population. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we've done recently that we are so excited about um, related to the military affiliated students is to open the Newton Center right there on College Street right Mm -hmm. next to Johnny's. Um, It's something we've long wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And we had two major restrictions that prohibited that. One was we didn't have space to do it. Right. And the second was we didn't have the money to do it. Well, those things resolved themselves in the last few years when um, Mr. Jenkins um, was worked with us so that we could purchase the property on College Street when he moved his dealership. So we had a space. We had Mm -hmm. a space to create kind of a one-stop center for military-affiliated students where they can get assistance accessing their benefits, where they can access community resources, they can have a cup of coffee, they can have a quiet room to study. Um, We had space, but we didn't have money. Mm -hmm. And then we had an alum, Miss Wilma Newton, who was very generous in supporting the conversion of that space into our Newton Military Family Resource Center. So the Newton Fa- Military Family Resource Center is just a one-stop place that anyone who's filled with the military can go and work out their financing, all the things that they need instead of having to go all over campus. The folks at the center uh-huh. can help connect them with the right yep. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. And while it's a Military Family Resource Center, all of our centers on campus are open to all of our students. Gotcha. We have an adult non-traditional uh, transfer student center, uh, we have a Hispanic Cultural Center, um, the Wilbur and Daniel African American Cultural Center. All those centers are open to any students, but each of them have programming that focuses on certain student populations. Yeah. You know, Kate, the other day, um, or in the last few months, I went with uh, General Walt Lord. Um, we're on the AUSA board together, and we visited the, uh, the food pantry on Austin P. Okay. And it's really pretty incredible what they do because I had no idea. We were doing some kind of donation or whatever. And we and we, you walk in there and there's food and hygiene products and all these things that are available to students regardless of uh, if they're a single uh, or if they have multiple people in their family. And they can go in there and get groceries. They can do all these things. And you just wouldn't... I just didn't know about it, and I've been around Austin for a long time. I was completely impressed with that place. Some people, uh, Charlie, it's not uncommon for people not to realize that students sometimes are lacking some of the basic yeah. needs. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can't learn if you're hungry. You can't um, good point. be comfortable pursuing yeah. your education if you feel like your family yeah. is hungry. And so the food pantry is a tremendous resource. Yeah. And during the pandemic, they even reached out and made it possible for students who were not on campus during the pandemic mm-hmm. to get food delivered to them. The fact that you you guys would think about the importance of that is pretty impressive to me. You know, there's just so many different aspects that the average person doesn't think of that is important to a student. Yeah. Interestingly and, enough, yeah. the food pantry was started by students who mm-hmm. were social work students who recognized that there was a need, and it started. And I love this because 
I love this story because sometimes we think that we can only feel a need if we have a really grandiose vision. Mm. Yeah. But these students recognized that there were students on campus who were hungry, yeah. who had yeah. food insecurity. Mm-hmm. And so they worked with student affairs and literally had Charlie a closet. Yeah in student affairs where the food pantry started and the food was stored. I love that story. And now, Charlie, you've been there. Yeah. You've been yes, to the ma'am. house with the red yes, door, ma'am. and you know it's much more than a closet yeah. now. Yes, and that is possible uh, not just because of Austin P individuals, but because of people in the community mm-hmm. who help support that and organizations yeah. like AUSA who provide large donations. Yeah through some of their programs. And, and, and that, that it, it, I'm sorry, that's a good lesson to just anybody yeah. or even other students. If you've got an idea, just start it. Just yeah. take a step, just start it because yeah. it could turn into something else. Yeah, and and one last thing about the, the food pantry, it's not about your economic status or anything because they're not taking, they take some data, but they don't ask you personal questions. They want to know how many people you need food for, stuff like that, but not what's your income, you know, where you're from, all this kind of stuff. So, they don't put you on the spot. It's it's a very welcoming situation. So I guess what I would say is anybody that hears this and wants to help support the food pantry or the Newton Center or anything at Austin P, call Carol. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, and if, and and I can connect you with the right people. Yes, ma'am. Um, because those are things that really make a difference in students' mm-hmm. lives, and um, you know sometimes their budget is so tight that if they have a flat tire. That yeah. may they have to make a choice between replacing that tire and buying groceries, and um, that's that's something that we're glad to be able to help with, and yeah. we appreciate the community support as well. So, moving forward, what are some things that are happening that maybe you're excited about that you're proud of moving forward, like in the future with Austin P? Well, that's that's a really good question, and there's so many things I could touch on, but I'll I'll try to limited a little bit. We're really excited about the partnerships that we have with the community. Uh, one of the most visible partnerships, of course, is the um, F&M Bank Arena mm-hmm. that is being constructed mm-hmm. within walking distance of our campus and where we will be leasing space for our basketball program offices and to play. Um, that's going to change the dynamics and the energy, I think, of our basketball games. So we're very excited about that. There's other opportunities that we're looking at as far as um, expanding the reach from our campus or making a bridge, a, not a literal bridge, but bridging the distance between Austin Peace Campus and downtown mm-hmm. in a number of different ways because two great resources within walking distance, and we're very interested in Mm -hmm. continuing to facilitate that. Um, We are in the early stages of writing a new strategic plan, and I'm very excited about the new vision, mission, and value statements that have already been approved by Mm -hmm. our Board of Trustees, and the work on that strategic plan will be completed by June of next year. Oh, wow, it's quick. And it's really... um, as as the process has proceeded, um, there's been a lot of input, a lot of discussions, and that will continue through January or through June. It'll start back up in January. Mm-hmm. We're all kind of moving toward that uh, end of year thing right now, I think. But um, that's exciting. Um, the improvement in our facilities will continue. We are exceptionally thrilled that we received funding for our new health professions building. Mm-hmm. 
that will change the way that our students in the health professions are trained and educated. It will provide them with opportunities to work in cross-functional settings, similar to what they will be experiencing once they enter the workforce. And I think most people in this area are aware that Austin P has an outstanding nursing program. Right, I've heard that. Yes, our graduates from the nursing program achieve a near 100% pass rate on the national exam every year. Wow. And so they will be housed in there. We will also have some clinic facilities that will be open to the public where we will be using those facilities as training grounds for our students who will be moving out into fields where they will be working with the public. That's smart. and Mm -hmm. some other areas like that. That building is still in the development stage. Mm -hmm. Um, they're, They're putting the puzzle together now to determine how to best use that space and um, we'll be working on it very soon. So we're very excited about that. Another thing that we were really excited about this year uh, from the General Assembly was funding, startup funding for our Institute for National Security and Military Studies. We talked a little bit earlier Mm -hmm. about the number of military affiliated students we have. And of course, the number of military affiliated folks in our community due to Fort Campbell. The General Assembly approved some startup funding for us to start an institute for national security and military studies. That will be an overarching umbrella over certain degree programs. Uh, we just were near final approval on a new Bachelor of Science mm-hmm. in national security studies, and we're very excited about that. That will be a, a key component of that, but it will also include programming and bringing in speakers who can address issues of national security. And we really think that moving forward, that can be something that Austin P is known for nationally. There aren't many similar type institutes Mm -mm. across the country. So if I get a degree in a bachelor's in national security, what do I do with that? Well, you can work with lots of different federal Mm -hmm. agencies or state agencies um, in Homeland Security, technology, technology. Okay, um, there's a lot of of different areas that mm-hmm. value that degree, and we expect that many of the people who will choose that degree will be military affiliated, mm-hmm. but not all. It will not yeah. be limited to military individuals, and some of the different state agencies also have an interest in hiring individuals who have had that type of background. I just find it interesting in that new degrees can evolve based on needs in our environments, you yeah. know. And, you know, really, it, it mm-hmm. is interesting, but it's that's really the way it should be. Yeah, oh, I agree. I just, it's very interesting that that, you know, that's how that all happens. And probably many of our students who are entering college next fall, there will be jobs that exist when they graduate that probably yep. do not mm-hmm. exist now. Mm-hmm. So um, at the university, we, we try to prepare students with a very broad base of knowledge and information and, and um, decision-making skills and analytical skills um, so that they're, they're not just training for a very specific position, mm-hmm. but they are being prepared with skills and, and inquiry that they will use whatever the opportunity is that presents itself 
or maybe not presents itself that they seek out. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a need in our environment. There's a need in our communities, in our country. And then these degrees can fill those needs. So, Charlie, you probably never took this class because the Internet didn't exist when you were in college. It's true. I'm smiling inside. I actually took a class when I, when I was in college the first time that taught me how to type in a search engine because the internet had just come out. And, and, you know, it's kind of the same thing. Now, now we wouldn't even think of that as being a class. Well, you know? and, you know, when you talk about the internet, one of the things I think people um, assume is the generation of people, traditional age students who are entering college now, they've grown up with the internet. They, they... There is an assumption that they know how to use it. Right. And much of the time, what they learn in their first semester on campus is you need to know the source of the information that you found on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Is, that a, yeah. is that a quotable source? Mm-hmm. You know, is it um, unbiased? Is it well, has it been vetted? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's is it lots credible? of information. Is it credible? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it something that you can use and feel confident that um, you've got good, solid yeah. information. Just because you saw it on Facebook does not mean it's credible. Absolutely. <laughs> right. right. Absolutely. Chris and I talk about this all the time. Well, we, we sure love Austin P. I, you know, I, I went to school there. Tracy's got two degrees from there and, and we've got Lexi who just recently finished a semester and is now starting her junior year. So we appreciate Austin P. very much. We love it. And more than that, we appreciate you joining us today. So it's been, it's always a pleasure. You always have this wealth of information and uh, I hope you'll come back and share stuff with us when you have new stuff coming out. I'd be glad to. Thank you for the invitation. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, it's fun. Thanks, Carol. You're welcome. Subscribe to Clarksville's Conversation wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on a single conversation.